0: If you want to look back on your life with pride and satisfaction, then listen to people here, people that have faced challenges and overcome them. This is The Hero Is You. Welcome to this episode of The Hero Is You, sponsored by Prospero Teaching. This one features former professional footballer Terry Curran. It would be an understatement to say that Terry has been around the block a few times. Terry starred for Everton, Southampton, Nottingham Forest and loads of other clubs. At Forest he played under the great Brian Clough. We talk here a lot about Cloughy but I begin by asking him about his upbringing and the obstacles he faced as he worked his way to the top. What was it like being a youngster growing up in the area you did, and when did you realise you wanted to be and could be a footballer?
1: Well, like you know, especially from this type of area from Wakefield, yeah, um, I knew as as a kid that uh, people couldn't get the ball off me when I was when I went Mm. and played in the play school playgrounds or on the Mm. on the local uh, recreation grounds football pitches. Uh, There was loads of players what would go and play because there weren't the computers. you know televisions and that to, to to watch. There were televisions around, but you know, there were the uh, computers and uh, phones. Like so, yeah. the, the young kids miss out really. So you you because of that many people on 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 the football field uh, when you were playing, you know you learn to get out of certain areas. Mm. And I remember my mates used to say to me, "Pass the ball, you greedy so and so," you know. Um, but then afterwards they said to me, "How did you do that? How how did you beat all them people?" You know, mm. all those players and that. So it, it start, I, knew, I knew as a young kid, I, I, I had a, a, a great chance. My mum's side were rugby players, battens. Mm. So, um but I was never into rugby. It was football, what was my first love, and horse racing was a second love. Because I, I thought to myself, I was only small at the time. If I didn't make it to the the football, a football, I, I wanted to be a jockey. Um, But you, you don't know how you get into football. And from this area, you've got Jeff Boycott, the cricketer... Uh, uh, two civil Knowles, Peter Knowles, uh, mm. John Ratford, Jeff uh, Jeff Clark, and other local lads. What went on to be professional footballers or rugby players? So mm. it, the area itself is a, a proper sports area. Um. And I didn't play when the, when the grammar school uh turned to the comprehensive. It was they played rugby union, not league. Mm. Mm. And I didn't want to play rugby, so I. I so the teacher expelled me from any sports because I would play rugby.
0: Because
1: mm. he knew I come from a rugby background. Yeah. So I didn't play for, uh, for for two or three years. I think it was three years because the local teams had stopped playing. Mm. You know. And then uh, my brother set up an under-eight teams team. We played uh, Halifax and we beat the youth team. Scored a couple of goals and they wanted to sign me. And I said to George Muller, "What manager you Halifax at that time? Look, I've got a trial at Doncaster, and I promise them, you know, I'll go down there and let them have a look at me, and we'll see. We'll take it from there. But mm. um, we'll give me first option, won't you?" I said, "Yeah, I'll give you the first option." So went to Doncaster. We beat the academy team. We're well, not academy. What uh, intermediate team in back in my day mm. scored a couple of goals again there because I, I used to play through the middle when yeah. I was a kid. So only cost of my pace that uh, Morris Morris Setters put me on wing. But we had uh, Brendan O'Callaghan, we got Peter Kitchen, who I thought were a great player at Doncaster, Mickey Elvis, and they played through the middle and also to get you into the team, not just to get me into to get everybody into the team in one sense, that's why I went, that's why they played me on wing, and I didn't really like being on the wing. Anyway, we beat Halifax, um Doncaster said, Look, can you come back for another another game? And I said, Yeah, I'll come back for another game. When I got home, George Muller phoned me up. He said, uh, what are you doing? I said, yeah, I'll come and sign for you because they they were the first World Trophy. Yeah. What uh, division were they in then? Uh, fourth division.
0: Right, the old Which fourth. now,
1: the championship team, Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I set off, got halfway there, stopped the car because my brother and a guy called Sammy Middleton were there. Uh, my brother Tevin, so we stopped the car. I said, he said, what are you doing? How do you mean stop the car? So I said, I'm going to back to Doncaster. So I went back to Doncaster. Doncaster uh George went absolutely ballistic with me because, you know, I, I promised him I would sign. That's the only time I've never signed for somebody when I
0: promised them. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the only time, that. Yeah. Uh, so I went next day to Doncaster uh, training. They were playing um, Sunderland, right, in a uh, reserve game. A guy called Chris Guthrie played left-back who played in the team, this was on the Wednesday, who played in the FA Cup on the Saturday when Sunderland beat Leeds in 1973. Yeah. I gave him a, a right rate uh roasting. Right, um up at Old Roker Park, that was on the Wednesday, um, straight after the game, the manager said to me he's gonna be playing in the cup final on Saturday and you've just given him a right chasing. Mm. So uh he offered me a contract, I signed for Don, uh, for for, for, for uh, Doncaster Rovers. Morris Setter's what manager? you, ex Manchester United, Chartnot uh, Coventry player, um tough, tough manager but I'll I'll always have great respect for him because he was the first one to give me my first uh, professional contract. £20 a week. I was there 13 months when I was sold for £75,000 to Nottingham Forest, but in between that, Cluffy had been phoning me up to go and play for him. Mm. Uh, There were other clubs, Tottenham, uh, Keith Birkinshaw, Everton, um, ex-Northern Ireland manager.
0: How big was... I mean, Brian Clough had been at Derby, hadn't he? Um, but how how big a draw was he at Forest at that time for you to go and well, play Well, I there? could have
1: gone to Sheffield United, Ken furfield manager, Billy Bigham were the Eberman manager and Keith Birkinshaw were the Tottenham manager. All played in the first division. Uh, I'd been speaking to Alan Hill um, and Maurice uh, Edwards, the chief scout for Forest, and and, and, and Brian himself. Um to go and play for them. And they used to pay me twenty pound extra mm. because I didn't sign the contract. Yeah. And I'm only earning twenty pound. And, you know, they'd offered me forty-eight pounds a week to go to, to to extend my contract. Yeah. Um and I met Clough a couple of times. But I knew I wanted to sign for it because he got this horror about him. Uh, with the Derby County, he was never it television. And you know, when you get someone mm. coming from my village, was telling me how good I was and how he wanted to sign me and he was going to make me uh, an England international. I, I turned around and said to I'll bet myself one. And I think that's what he liked about me because he, he, yeah. I got that confidence like he had. Yeah. Um. But when you get someone like that wanting to sign you, you know you're you know you're a half-decent player. Because yeah. those type of managers would not be signed. And don't forget, they weren't just him. There were uh, Loddy McManamy, Tommy Doherty, Howard Kendall, Jack Charlton; these were all elite managers mm. at the time.
0: Yeah. What was he like? with a lot of people now with Brian Clough, especially especially people younger, see kind of an old drunk. But what was what was he like? In I his never private... saw
1: him drink ever, and I was right. with him for three years. Yeah. And I think part of that, I think part of that problem was when the Premier League came in. Because you'll never—I mean, Leicester's Leicester's done it, but it won't happen again. That yeah. only a, maybe a one-off again. But for Forest, for Cluffy to build Derby County up on Forest,
0: right? Two clubs, you Two know,
1: not big clubs n- either. Yeah, and the only big club he we managed were really Leeds United. He was a socialist, and he—you know—he didn't like the big clubs. He always wanted to prove prove it wrong that you could only win with big clubs. Yeah, and. Uh, but I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I was never late for training. Um, so I never got a rollicking with him, <coughs> ever. Mm. If you ask John Robertson, Ma- uh, Martin O'Neill, Tony Woodcock, Gary Burr, any of those players, teddy Burr, <coughs> they used- they'd all all tell you I was his favourite. Mm. You know, because he would always praising me and-, and I never got a rollicking. I, I got a rollicking with um, Jack and McMenamy. I think with Howard Kendall, he was another one that never gave me a Um But it was great to play for. I just had I got a bad injury. Yeah. I got a bad injury. I did my my ligaments like Cluffy did his. Yeah. And um, that what caused me the problem with with, with Cluff more than anything else. That.
0: Yeah. Is you know seems such a an amazing character, when I um, when I think of like the film Damn United. In his kind of hair day, was that was that played well? Did, did Michael well, Sheen play it,
1: it well? Um, Martin Sheen played it well, but his family didn't like uh, like the film. Did uh, what is the book? I think they, they did. Yeah, I it. think
0: it was the book. Yeah,
1: um, but there were parts in it which I couldn't stop laughing at because you know I remember the part in it with Sam Longson, the the Derby County Chairman, yeah. and um, he came walking across the pitch in the film. Yeah, to cloth. And he just signed Colin Top for hundred and seventy five thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Said, what are you doing spending that money? You know, I was always always said you just run the club, and I'll sign the players, and it we will be successful. So the little things like that, I couldn't stop laughing at because he came out with one liners. It were brilliant with one liners, you know. Yeah. Um, and his character. Uh, the thing when he went to Leeds and he was saying about the cheater for the the league, they didn't cheat because, Clough had players what kicked. Right, um, but I, I get where he was coming from because Clough never wanted his team, he never wanted his teams. Wanted to, you couldn't argue with referees, you got fined. He wanted to play football, yeah. Right, but then he had when he at Forest, he had Kenny Burns and he had Larry Lloyd, they were tough players, characters, and they would kick people, yeah, you know. But he was a character, um, such a lovely, lovely man. I remember again, my. Two teeth knocked out by left strong at uh, Fulham, and um, as a young kid, you you bit embarrassed because you t- had your teeth knocked out, and he went, right, you stay over in Nottingham tonight. Don't be going home. Come to my house uh, tomorrow morning. I'll take you to my dentist and get get him done. Right. Um, and Nigel and uh, Simon and Elizabeth, it, it, those those were his kids, his three kids. I remember Nigel. Uh, we went out for lunch uh, on on the Sunday um, to have a meal. Nigel come into the restaurant, he said, Dad, there's a champ outside, and Clough bought him a, a meal. Obviously, he didn't fetch him inside because, obviously... Everybody had kicked you know, off. Um, yeah. But he took him a meal outside. Uh, he, he was such a kind man. A lot of things people don't feel about Clough. He was such a kind man, and... Great, like I said, the character, but he, he was funny at times. Maybe not to journalists and directors. Yeah. You you could be embarrassed because sometimes when, how he said certain things to them. But in general, he was such a nice man.
0: Mm. What about his desire to win? Because.
1: He never spoke about the opposition. Right. Never spoke. You are the best team. I mean, I've heard. <clears throat> There stories about Bill Shankly with Kevin Keegan, you know, you'll like, go and make this play, you'll make him look a mug today, lad. Go and express yourself. Well, that's what Puff was like. What's happened with football, and it started to, it, it, it got worse, I think, now. Um, the worry about losing, the worry about the opposition. They weren't big clubs, Derby County, like you said. Yeah. They weren't big clubs. But he believed that you, we could take them on. Let's take the game to them. He put, the, he put the best player on the ball or, you know, because uh, bending the ball today is no different to, to when we were playing. The balls are lighter, so it moves mm. around more. That's all, that's all, mm. you know. So he put the best player taking corner kicks, free kicks. He never threw ball into a box for sake of throwing it into ball, just like Guardiola's team. Uh, and he never worried about the opposition. He always believed that we were the better team. Right? All he didn't want us to do to argue with referees. You
0: know, did but he make we- you go out thinking you were like almost invincible?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, here's a prime example. John Robertson was one of the great wing of his of his generation. Elk mm. Forrest to win a league title, numerous uh league cups, two European cups. John always needed that confidence. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um so he did that, where we, where was Larry Lloyd, he gave Larry Lloyd um, a bullock in. And Larry Lloyd hated it, because Cluffy would do to me and Kenny Burns, if, we, if we'd done something good on a football field, he always did that, like the gaffer, put his finger yeah. and thumb together, yeah. like a little circle, and he was, yeah, he was pleased. Yeah. He was pleased with that. And Larry Lloyd hated it. But we with John Robertson, John Owen, in training, said to Martin, have I done in training? Different type of characters. He knew how to handle characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking that of doing the kind of the okay thing then. Would you say that Brian Clough knew how to get the best out of an individual? Because we've spoke a lot of times, Terry, about players like Charlie George, Alan Hudson, and our managers... Really struggled to have that kind of unique player in the team. Do you think Cloughy knew how to do that?
1: Yes, he did. I mean, he, he got Charlie George and Stan Balls towards end careers. Yeah, you know, and they were setting the ways. If he got them as 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 young players, he'd have made them even more famous. And they were great players then. Mm. He knew how to handle players. He knew yeah. it. He had a natural football brain. He. he, he well, when they talk about players can see three or four passes before the ball comes, when well, as a manager, he saw uh, things before it happened and, you know, he'd try and pass it on to... Well, he wouldn't try and pass it on. He would pass it on to, you know, by yeah. some way or form of giving across to you. Be careful of this. Watch this. Watch that. Um, I remember he always used to say to us, he'd come into the dressing room because he was... His record, goal scoring, was second to none, you know. Mm. And he used to say, I used to tell them at at Middlesbrough and Sunderland, we're not the problem.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? We keep scoring and you keep letting them in. Mm. And that's why he had problems as a player. Yeah. Blaming the defence. But he knew how to to find defenders who could defend without taking away the attacking-minded players what would do more damage by being able to open these uh your opponents up? Yeah, so it gave you that little breathing space because you've heard the tales about him um, having a drink before before games, you could only have one, but everybody else did that, you know. Yeah, so they weren't all the, they were drunk. I never saw him, him drunk and mm. towards the end of his career, maybe. You know the yeah. problem. he did start to have problems and I think it was the Premier League had come in and he knew he was going to have a problem with you couldn't take the Premier League players on because you have to have that kind of money mm. but I never saw him drink and so I'm not saying that he, he weren't drunk because he was you could see that you could see it with his face he'd been drinking you know but in general he was great with players absolutely but he had discipline and if you cross that line right Then he would let you know about it. But then, after you you give some players a bollock, because I've seen him do it, you know, he'd go back and say, take a couple of days off and don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. So he was a great man manager then, really.
1: Just in my day, uh, the start of things coming, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like psychiatrists.
0: Yeah, psychologists. Psychologists, yeah. That's
1: the word I'm looking for. Psychologists. He was brilliant at that. Yeah, he was brilliant. He he understood people. He always made sure that the wives were well looked after. He always made sure that the wives had got flowers, you know. And he'd always make sure that um, it wasn't just about the players, it was about the family. Mm. Take your day off today and go and take your wife out for a meal. And he'd make sure that you, you took your wife out. Mm. And if the players hadn't got that much money, he would give you know, he'd, he'd buy the meal for them. That's what. That's the type of character he was. That's the type of character why... A lot of people don't know that. That's the type of character I know yeah. of Brain club.
0: Well, after Forest, you had a couple of moves. Um,
1: Derby, ended- Southampton. Yeah. yeah,
0: you were buried Derby, Southampton, is that right? And, and then Wednesday came in for you, which is your club. Did you go, because you had to drop down a few leagues, did you go because it was your club or was it a manager you wanted to play for? And Jack Charlton.
1: No. What it was, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan from the yeah. 1966 um, FA Cup. Funny. Yeah. Everton, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday played Everton and I played for both clubs. Yeah. Um And it broke me out when Wednesday were 2-0 up and Everton come back to beat them 3-2. Mm. So, that, Everton, uh, Sheffield Wednesday were well, well, my team and my supporter. I went to watch him a few times as a as a kid. Um, Playing in th- first division there, back in those days, I just really took me thirteen months to really get over this. I had a bad uh, crucial ligament injury because mm. you always think your leg's going to snap, um, and I just started to play really well for Southampton. Uh, made one of the goals at uh, up at Leeds in the semi-final League Cup. Scored the winner down at um, the old Dell. And Maurice Setters who "What assistant manager at Sheffield, at Sheffield Wednesday with Jack, phoned me up one day, he said, why don't you come and play for us, it's your team, you support, you know? And I said, look, we're, we're playing at uh, Wembley. And it was nothing to do with me being from Yorkshire or anything like that. Um, I just found that McMenemy didn't treat me right, like he'd set some of the other kids right. But what had happened, Alan Ball, and this is no word of a lie, he'd expect me to be around Borley all the time, won the World Cup medal, be one of the great players of mm. our
0: generation
1: yeah. in this country.
0: Yeah. And he,
1: he, he used to say, where are you going? I saw I used to be with him all the time. And Mick Money didn't like that. Mm. And
0: uh, What was he like, Alan Ball? Because oh, he was a great player, oh, wasn't
1: he? Fantastic. Another one, just like Clough, brilliant with people, absolutely. And I'm not saying that, I'm telling you, that's what they were. Mm. They were brilliant with people. Borley'd won the World Cup, League titles, everything, and he—he'd always mix with the fans. He'd always have a laugh, but he came from the type, same type of background as me, anyway. Yeah, you know, Um so he won't. It, it, it was the the thought. I thought. I looked at it. I thought, well, it's my club. They're in third division. I can get these out, and which I did, and with a bit of luck, we only missed out because I wanted to get Sheffield Wednesday back into the into the um, top old oh, first division yeah. again, but you know. Wasn't the right thing to do. Well, it was in a sense, but from a for career wise, no, because it, who's going to drop a? Well, it couldn't happen today because of the money side, side of it. Excuse me, but uh, in those days, on the same money was in the first division, right? And I used to get three hundred quid a week at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I used to get hundred pound from daily from to Sheffield Star, right. Uh, I got a three-year contract with them to, to write in the papers and Kevin Keegan was only earning £440 at Liverpool. Right. So, so I was only right. four and undercut into it, it, uh, third division. Yeah. When you look at it that way, because Sheffield <clears throat> got me a, a contract to do with them for a, for three years um, and then Keegan made all his money when he went to Hamburg, you know, with the big move he went to to, yeah. to Hamburg and started yeah. to earn good money. So I was still earning big money at Sheffield, uh, well, it's a big money, good money, in those days. Um, but it was the love for Sheffield Wednesday. Do I regret it? No, but it didn't do my career any, any, any favours. Because mm. playing in the third division, you're not going to get the recognition like playing in the first division. Yeah. But then, uh, because of some disagreement uh, money-wise with Jack, I signed for Sheffield United. I weren't there two minutes with a bad move. Not to be a club, not to be a club, me being a, a a star player for Sheffield Wednesday, never gonna work at to Sheffield United.
0: Yeah.
1: Everton were at second bottom at league. And I'm playing third division football. And I went in there in training and first thing in training I'm saying to people like Kevin Ratcliffe, Adrian Heath who cost eight hundred like, Yeah, give me the ball, give me the ball. They couldn't believe it. Kid coming out at third division. I remember we played Berman, we drew with them, uh nil nil, Pat Out. Give him a bit of a chase. And my next games at Ipswich, when Ipswich had got, you know, Terry Butcher and all them, George mm. Burley, uh, Eric Gates. Is this Alan Everton uh, now? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at Everton. Yeah. And um, I played them off the park. I went on loan for a month. They were second bottom of the league. And we went midway mm. the table in those six games I played. Beat Luton, beat Forest 3 1. Cluffy tapped me up to go and play for him again. I said, no, this team's going to win league. Couldn't agree on a con. Couldn't agree on a on a, on his terms. And went back to Sheffield United. Then within a couple of weeks, they weren't doing well again. Everton, uh, and he offered me what I asked for. And then I went and signed for Everton. So. Do I regret certain things? If I knew, I wouldn't do the same things. I were not bad, like as I, like I said. I weren't. I disagreed with certain I loved Jack but I disagreed how he wanted to play football because I looked at Leeds United the football they played were fantastic when I was a kid mm. great football to play but Jack what a long ball merchant yeah you know and Not I didn't like that, that but it? I loved it as a person He were absolutely brilliant we, yeah. we argue like a man and woman would argue and then we met up like a man and woman would argue, yeah. make up you know what I mean but be not that much, No, no, no. <laughs> no not, not in that way. But, you know, he give me, when, if you saw Jack giving me a bollocking, although I weren't bothered, but the other players were because they, they thought Can I, they couldn't take that. But as soon as he'd done that, i got in the shower, come back out at the shower, game dress. So where are you going? I said, I'm going uptown. Come, with, come, come on, come with me. We're going into travels I I said, no, I'm going into town. You know, and uh, I'll finish up with for a drink with him, but, we never held grudges against each other. Yeah. You know.
0: So let's jump forward now to modern football. What's right with it and what's wrong with it? Especially in England.
1: There's something wrong with our coaching.
0: Yeah.
1: Because we haven't got um, an elite manager. The two, what we're looking at this moment in time, is uh, Eddie Howe and um, Potter. If they can handle the big name players, they will become elite managers. Yeah. Right, because I like the philosophy, I like the way they're doing it. Um, But when I look at, I mean, it disappointed me in England. Everybody goes on about, um, and I'm not going off the culture. I'm just trying to put the bigger picture with it. Uh We get to a European Championship in his own backyard. We get to a semi-final of a World Cup in Russia when Croatia, yes, they're a good team, but we beat him them 1-0. And You know, the second half, the, the pelted as he played a right back, uh, left back, and it would cause all sorts of problems if up losing that. Uh, and we've got to a quarter final uh, this year in a World Cup. Our coaching is not right. It's not right. I, I don't like the long ball, but I hate the sidewards and backwards even more so. And so we are trying to change this game, but we're playing. We're trying to get players who are really not technical gifted and confident on the ball uh, will lose it under pressure when they're put, put under pressure. We're setting us ways of playing balls into channels and then we've come into this situation where keeping it, but it's slow and it's, like I said, sideways and backwards. So it's causing us all sorts of problems. I thought jevard and Lampert would have a chance of being managers because mm. I'm not into all this if if just because you you, you played um you're oh, great players, just because you're great players and you play Premier League, uh it doesn't mean that you're gonna be managers. But you would expect this day and age, playing with these great players and playing with these great managers, you'd have a bit more awareness about the game. I don't think we understand the game well enough for us to Because um, going back to what I said about Clough, Clough knew the game, he knew the problems teams were causing us from the first minute to the last minute, I, th- I think our players, what's going into, co- into coaching, I don't think the coaching's is right. And I don't think, on a football field, it's diff- being a player is different to being a manager. Yeah. Because you've got to manage players and you've got to see differently on the shape of the game. As a player, you're looking at two, three, four passes before you get the ball. And that is playing it first time, Having to hold it, can I dribble with it? Do I, can I play play one touch and move off 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 the ball? But the manager is seeing the dangers to the team, the offensive side of it. He'll put players in there. What's got that? I can handle that. But it's giving and seeing when you haven't got the ball, how good a team you are and how good players are. The biggest the biggest problem with football today, not today in any in, in any walk of life, is. Make it teams what what um, gives give the ball away. There's mostly goals given by people giving the ball away oh. and not being able to handle it, than there being bad teams. It's the teams and the, the good managers won't keep playing players just because it likes him, right? Because it's that what manage a good manager will see that that player what's causing the team a problem. Now, that's no respect to. Players, Because in modern day football, with all the technology they've got, right, uh, phones, uh, iPads to have a look at themselves, if you keep making the same mistake without me having mm. to give you a rollicking, yeah. that becomes a problem really. And that's why lead managers should be able to sort it out. So I don't think it's coaching, right, and I don't think we understand the game enough as from the manager's point of view, because it ain't just about coaching and all, mm. it's about handling players. Can you handle players?
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking now about. I know you, Terry, through coaching my son and a lot of his friends and, you know, a good squad of, you know, fringe academy players in this area. So I used to really watch your sessions really closely. What I want to ask you now is aside from the technical side of things, I want you, can you talk about kind of kids in general and maybe getting things too easy? Um, not willing to put the work in. How how can we get a fourteen year old to be in a really strong mentally eighteen year First old? First
1: and foremost, he has to he has to have that natural ability. Yeah, he has to have that. What I do feel sorry for him is this. I do believe in academies. I may be one of the few people what do believe in academies. Yeah. Right. What the academies do wrong is is allowing kids not allowing kids to come in and just play like we did on a. And then start to coach him at 13, 14. 14's about the best time to coach him. Yeah. And let him understand the game, learn the game. Right? When they go into these academies, this is where the problem lies. That academy manager may only like you, John. Mm. It might not be your mat. It yeah. might not be Joe. And I'm not against that. right? What I'm against is... I always try to get players through, all of them. Because I used to say to them, look, it ain't me, you've got to please them. Yeah. But that academy manager, right, only likes that one player. That one player's the chance to get a pro contract. Now, people will say to me, well, that's the that's the stats. You walk into any football club and you ask anybody about football players, they'll say one in hundred one in a thousand might uh, if we get through, we're lucky we're pleased yeah that's telling me there's a problem with our coaching
0: mm. right mm.
1: so some some academy manager would say to me because I worked at bars, I worked at uh Rotherham, worked at Doncaster uh john's I think John's a player for us. No, I, I think Matt, Matt's the player. Mm. Right? I'm not saying John's not a bad player, but I think Matt, technically, give him a bit more development, he'll help pass John. Mm. Mm. They didn't like that. They want you to go along with them. Yeah. You know, because I don't... I think, I, I when I look at that stat, if we get one through, how bad's that? If we were selling cars or selling... Furniture or selling foods in supermarkets, and we only sold so many items. We're gonna have a loss, aren't we? We're gonna make a loss.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: try and get as many players through, right? But don't have favouritisms. And I've, that's
0: I've been there and seen it, Terry. And I've, Listen, yeah, I'm
1: admitting it. I've seen yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it happens.
1: You saw me. I mean, I my upbringing is part of that era when people would shout at you, mm. but I would say to them. It ain't me. The reason why I'm telling you like this, because you've got to please them. And I knew there were things that will go against them because of if he didn't like that player. That's why he said to players, I I can get your trial. But that's it. I can get Jock a trial, but I can't make people sign Jock. I don't yeah. criticise managers for Jock. I I, I spoke to you, I criticise Jock, you've got to work hard. Yeah. I don't I, I think part of it is the wrong fault because of phones. Laptops. Do you think we have a work ethic problem?
0: In your, I think paper. the
1: country when when we were kids, John, um, you looked at school sports, right? Um, and what did they say? It's not about winning; it's competing. So that's made us. We- I think mentally weaker. Mm. When I went, when I joined the middle school up here, I ran against first years. Second years, third years, fourth years. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. I played him first year, second year, third year, fourth year. That wouldn't happen now. No. Occasionally they put a Maybe a year up. above and that's it. What they usually do is push them down.
0: Yeah. I've seen that as well.
1: That's what they do. i got a brother 18 months older than me. Great player at this, at this, at this level. They all used to say, "Well, better than me." Great play, by the way. Was and he, he could have gone to Sheffield Wednesday. And, and Cloughy wanted to sign him, but he wouldn't go. Um, but he was eighteen months older than me. He only played in one team either name. Whereas when I was I at school with him, because he was like nearly two years older than me in his sense, because he was youngest. Is he he's an August uh, child. Yeah. It? So he was one of the youngest in his year. <coughs> Excuse me. So I would play not four years when he would only play one up. Mm. You wouldn't get that today, would you? No. You wouldn't get that today. My dad today. used to play That's
0: two or three years up. Unless,
1: Always. unless you got like a Rooney at 15 when Brockett at first team. I've seen Barnsley, but that again is the money. When I look at that one at Barnsley, because I said to him, I forget his name now, I said he'll fail. When Rain, when Rooney made his debut, for, for, when he scored that great goal against Arsenal, you could see the strength in him. Yeah. Right, you know as well as I do. We all know we all know more about kids nowadays and development nowadays. You've your own child, don't you? <clears> There's <throat> some kids are, are late developers, some are early developers, and you see the later developers su- surpass the, mm. the, the the early developers. But all they want in this country is big, strong, box to box players, and I think that's been a, our detriment to our national game and our and uh, to foreign players and foreign managers coming in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're spot on there, Terry. Well, Terry, thanks so much for today. Been a Thank great interview. I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to this and really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, thanks again.
1: No problem. Anytime.
0: Great stuff, as usual, there from Terry Curran. We're going to talk to Terry again soon because the intros and the extras before this interview were really fascinating and it's it's going to be so interesting for you all to hear of terry's views on general life how he sees the world at the moment so we'll get that one done soon but thanks again to terry you're listening to the hero is you